0: I got her, y'all. Hashtag Young Gang. You almost always do. <laughs> Hi, honey. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Are you ready to learn about the Bible? Yes. Yeah, the Bible. Are
1: you are are you going to teach it about the Bible?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to teach you about the Bible. Okay. I mean, I know all the things about the Bibles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And more about Lord Zed.
0: Um, uh, kind of a little bit. He's kind of an incidental, tangential. Thing this okay. time around. All right. So if you guys don't remember, of course, last time Lord Zed took over Judah at the behest of Lord Nebi. Well, Nebi, uh, Nebi, <laughs> not Lord nebbi Um. Anyways, Jerry. Uh. This time is gonna have a vision of Fig Newtons, and one sleeve is gonna be good. The other sleeve is gonna be about a year or so past its expiration date. Um. The one good sleeve represents all of the people that nebi took to babylon you know the useful conservative people and then the bad sleeve well that's all the liberals that are left in judah Uh, jerry then is going to write a letter to the conservative elders in babylon uh it's a prophecy about them and their white privilege he tells them that they are fucked and won't leave there for 70 years so get fucking used to it yeah Uh, Jerry says don't listen to false prophets, although I'm kind of curious as to what the criteria is for false prophets, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, God is also going to talk to Shimmy Shammy. He's a hell's mite. guess that's a biker gang in, in Babylon. <laughs> in or, Babylon? Or Judah, whatever. Um, he's a false prophet, and uh, apparently he's up Shits Creek without a paddle. Um, he will be punished because he's telling a bunch of lies about God. And we'll talk about what those lies are, I guess. Uh God also tells Jerry to make a yoke or or what they called it a yoke back then, I guess, but it was really gimp suit. Um told him to wear it. And this was part of God's BDSM sex play that he likes to do every Sunday. Uh God tells everyone to bow down to nebbie for some fucking reason. Um which you gotta you gotta admit. If you're sitting there listening to Jerry talk through one of those gimp suits about God and who you should bow down to, could you really take him seriously? I mean, I know I could. Uh, Then Nebby is going to get put in a gimp suit and he's going to get punished hard. Eventually, later, like after all this shit's done and everything, he's going to get put in a gimp suit forcefully. Um, Well, his descendants will. Anyways, um, but still, you need to bow down to to Nebby for right now or you can go get fucked probably by a cactus or a camel
1: i mean at least they have choices
0: (laughs) is that really a choice (laughs) i don't know if that's a choice um but god is going to reveal what happens to all of his holy dildos that he kept in his temple um and then uh there's this person called handy maya and they are going to contradict Jerry, which is a big no-no. Handy says that God is going to fuck Nebby up a lot quicker than what God actually said. Jerry just sits there, looks at him dead in the face, and goes, No, you dumb bitch. Handy then breaks Jerry's gimp suit. God is pretty pissed about him fucking with his toy. So he says that because Handy broke the Gip suit, God is going to issue Iron Man suits to everyone and then threatens to kill Handy. Well, not just threatens. he I, God actually does end up killing his ass, uh, probably because of all the false prophecies and stuff like that. Anyways, that's it for the uh, Bible study today.
1: That's it for your summary. What? Uh-huh.
0: I mean, I, I felt like I covered everything pretty good. I mean, I even got the name right, Handy Maya. Nope. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nope. that's nearly phonetically right.
1: It's not. <laughs> We're just going to go over it just so people... I got
0: the Iron Man suits, though. They will get Iron Man suits. It's just that primitive one that like, he made in the cave.
1: He'll get a caveman suit.
0: <laughs> a cave yeah. Iron Man suit. Yep.
1: I'm not sure that's accurate.
0: I mean, you don't know. It I mean, doesn't do. say they didn't.
1: <laughs> that's always your excuse it <laughs> doesn't say this didn't happen okay, no uh, it doesn't
0: okay well then how's this one were you there i mean i don't think so
1: you no know, i use really good anti-aging cream i don't look that old
0: what no <laughs> <laughs> it's not even what i was trying to mean <laughs> my point was was that you're not that old
1: i know no i wasn't there Okay, good. But here's the good news. But we have this book.
0: Oh yeah, and it's in the book,
1: so we know what happened. You know in the book.
0: You know what would be nice. What if we had the annals of the kings?
1: That would be spectacular. I would love to have the annals of the king of Israel and Judah. That would be amazing.
0: Casey wants the king's anal. What I said. What's up, Heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? So, uh, yeah, we had a talk during the intro there, really quick. Apparently, I got some shit wrong. Yeah, just a few things. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we we'll, I think, I, I actually was pretty accurate and at least the feeling of this particular study. So, let's see.
1: All right, are you ready to start?
0: I, I, I am totally ready to start. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um so we're going to be doing a few chapters in Jeremiah, right? 24 tw- 29 27 28 is that how it worked?
0: Yeah, they don't know I mean <laughs> in listen, that it's, order. It's painfully obvious that these people do not know how to tell a cohesive story.
1: <laughs> it's it's a mess.
0: I mean, it's just, it's so weird. If
1: you have to break it apart this much to put it back together in a way Mm -hmm. that makes any kind of sense, you can tell it was really haphazardly tossed together.
0: Well, especially if you're trying to talk about, like, history and historical things. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, like, in, like, a general storytelling sense, I get, like, jumping around, like, in the timeline of whatever's supposed to be happening for, like, storytelling effect, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like as far as writing down history, this jumping around shit just didn't work. It, it should be told linearly in this fashion, not like...
1: It should. This is a better it, way to tell it.
0: Yes, it is. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So are you ready?
0: I am totally ready.
1: Last time we know we got a new king. We got Zedekiah. Um, He wasn't the king by um, like a point. Well, he wasn't supposed to be the king. Jehoiachin, um the son of Jehoiakim, was mm-hmm. made king, and then he was taken by Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar put another puppet king in, which is Zedekiah. Right?
0: Lord said, yep.
1: Lord said. So we're gonna talk about Jeremiah's prophecies under Zedekiah. Okay. Okay. So the first prophecy that Jeremiah has under Zedekiah is the vision of the figs. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the artisans of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early, and the other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. Then the Lord asked me, what do you see, Jeremiah. Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad they cannot be eaten. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their, for their good, and I will bring them back to this land." I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart.
0: Okay. Uh, I I understand that maybe I shouldn't think about this. (laughs) But when you you started up and you were like, and God said, what do you see? And I just kind of imagined Jerry standing in front of God. And God, like, puts his leg up on the counter and, like, his nuts and berries fall out. (laughs) And he's like, what do you see? And Jerry's like, oh, I don't, um, fake Newtons? Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have a really strange imagination.
0: I, well, look, here's why, okay? I I see God as a, um, pervert.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like a Captain Morgan.
0: Yeah, I I well a perverted Captain Morgan that like (laughs) that doesn't wear underwear. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or pants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think it's interesting because he talks about how he'll watch over them. They're his people. They're good, right? He will plant them and not uproot them. But he's supposedly sent them away from Judah to Babylon. And then he's going to go back and get them. That seems like an upreading to me. Yeah, um, and I don't know why he would send them away if he wanted to keep them and they were you know, his people.
0: It's ki- you know what it kind of seems like. Hmm. It kind of seems like Nebuchadnezzar stealing all of the good people away wasn't something that was planned. <laughs> <laughs> God it, it, says it was. It kind of seems like a post hoc rationalization for why their asses got kidnapped out of Judah. <laughs> yeah. How could God let this happen? It was all in his plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When was that? I yeah. mean, I heard your plan and it never talked about Nebi coming in here and stealing my ass, okay?
1: <laughs> it does now.
0: Yeah, it does now.
1: Yeah. So are you ready to hear about the bad figs? Yeah. But like the bad figs, which are so bad they cannot be eaten, says the Lord, so will I deal with Zedekiah, king of Judah, his officials and the survivors from Jerusalem, whether they remain in this land or live in Egypt. I will make them abhorrent and an offense to all the kingdoms of the earth, a reproach and a byword, a curse and an object of ridicule wherever I banish them. I will send them sword, famine, and plague against them until they are destroyed from the land I gave them and their ancestors.
0: You think that was the basket of figs they used in that Indiana Jones movie?
1: I don't know about that.
0: Probably was that basket.
1: It probably wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jeremiah... Now we know what the good basket means and the bad basket means, right? Yeah. So the baddies are Zedekiah and all the fucking people left in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and in Judah. So those are the bad ones. They'll be destroyed. They'll be accursed. They're shit. And so it's weird. They're left in Judah with the temple, but okay. So Jeremiah um, sends a letter to the exiles so that we so that they know what God's plan is for them. Okay. Right. And they, they know that God hasn't abandoned them. Right. All right. So here, this is, this is Je- uh, Jeremiah 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And this was after King Jehoiachin and the queen mother the court officials and the leaders of Judah in Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. So they were already gone mm-hmm. and this was sent to them. Okay. Okay. He entrusted this letter to, uh, Alasa El- son of Sheraphan, and to Jer uh, Jermariah son of Hilkiah whom Zedekiah king of Judah sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, Okay. That is a lot to say because we started out, this is the text of the letter. And then you have an entire paragraph of bullshit before you get to what the letter said. So here's what it said. This is what the Lord, the Almighty, the God of Israel says to to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Quote, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord, the Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord.
0: You know, I feel like a lot of this could have just been said with, listen, y'all, what I need y'all to do is build some houses and a garden because, you know, you love the fruits and the vegetables. And then I need y'all to fuck (laughs) like goddamn rabbits, okay? (laughs) Also, there's going to be people talking shit about me. Don't listen to them. Just kick them in the balls.
1: Well, they don't talk shit about him. They they prophecy as if they're getting God's prophecies, but they're not.
0: Well, and no, and the the talk shit would just be like false things.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: Not like you know, bad mouthing him. He's oh, just okay, uh, he's going to be talking shit about me. Like you know, not talking shit doesn't have to be like bad shit. Just lies.
1: Okay. But he's got more to say. Oh, great. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I feel a- like, and will bring you back from captivity.
0: Sorry, I feel like God lost his plan, <laughs> and he's like looking around for it. Like I do, I do remember my plan. <laughs> um, I know I'm bringing you back after 70 years. Oh, fuck, I gotta find it first, though. Hold on, <laughs> I wrote it down on a napkin. <laughs>
1: I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This just seems like a pointless exercise. I banished you. Don't worry, I'm going to come back and get you. You're going to be dead. Well, most you all will be dead, but I'll come back and get your grandkids. (laughs) Yeah. And bring them to some place they've never been and take them from their homes because this sounds like a good plan.
0: Well, I'm kind of wondering, like, so you remember back in Exodus, um, God, God had them wander around the desert for mm-hmm. like 40 years. Yes. And that was as a punishment, right? Yes. And that none of them would ever see the, the land, land, the promised land, mm-hmm. right? I'm wondering if that's kind of the similar thing because, you know, these people, they fucked up,
1: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're,
0: they're on God's shit list. And so he banishes them to another place until they all die, and then he's going to bring well,
1: and their kids too. He'll well, bring back their grandkids most likely, with how lifespans work here.
0: Right, and so like because the grandkids are definitely not going to be born at this point. No, uh, the the kid like kids that are born now will be seventy years old, which are is pretty much dead by that yeah, time. yeah. So
1: it might be the grandkids kids
0: yeah the grandkids and the grandkids and the Mm -hmm. great-grandkids are going to be brought back they would Mm -hmm. never have lived in judah no these would be a whole new set of people yes and so i'm kind of wondering if it's like listen y'all fucked up so y'all are gonna have to die somewhere else (laughs) and we're gonna get a whole new group of people in here to fuck up again
1: well and the thing is is he's (laughs) telling them to Make sure that you seek me with all of your heart, which means they're going to have to teach their kids all of these things away from the culture that they're used to in a different culture where there's um, different religions, different gods, everything. Else. It's, it seems completely unreasonable. right? Um, so he continues.
0: Uh, of course.
1: <laughs> you may say, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and all the people who remain in this city, your fellow citizens who did not go with you into exile. Yes, this is what the Lord the Almighty says. I will send the sword, famine, and plague against them, and I will make them like figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with the sword, famine, and the plague, and will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and an object of horror and scorn, and re- of scorn and reproach among all the nations where I drive them. For they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord. Words that I sent to them again and again by my servants, the prophets, and you exiles have not listened either, declares the Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles, whom I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord, the uh, the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says about Ahab, son of Kaleiah, and Zedekiah, son of (sighs) Masaiah. Who are prophesying lies to you in my name. I will deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will put them to death before your very eyes. Because of them, all the exiles from Judah who are in Babylon will use this curse. May the Lord treat you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned in the fire. For they have done outrageous things in Israel. They have committed adultery with their neighbors, wives, and in my name they have uttered lies, which I did not authorize. I know it, and I am witness to it, declares the Lord.
0: You know, it's kind of weird, because it seems like God really doesn't like the whole committing adultery with your neighbor's wives. He doesn't. But yet, apparently God picked Donald Trump to be president.
1: Yeah, nobody ever accused um, conservatives of being consistent.
0: (laughs) With their own holy books.
1: Or logical. Yeah. (laughs) Or anything reasonable or rational.
0: I'm just pointing out how funny it is that God obviously doesn't like it when you do that shit. Mm-hmm. So why would He even pick Trump? I don't know. It He's just,
1: changed, honey. He's he's a he's a Christian now.
0: Oh, he's different. Trump he's, is he's or a, God is.
1: Man. Trump. Remember that's what they
0: say. <laughs> how has he changed? I mean, while he was running for for the presidency, he was paying hush money to the hook—not uh, to the porn star—that yeah. he paid to have sex with.
1: Well, I mean, he didn't pay to have sex with her. He just had sex with her and then ended up having to pay later. So she wouldn't say anything a week before the election.
0: I don't know. I would think that Stormy would be like, I'm going to need about $3,000 to go through this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like $3,000 isn't worth it. <laughs> and I feel like she was probably selling enough where she didn't need that money.
0: Well, probably not. But I mean,
1: I don't know. I don't know how, how she does in her field.
0: I I I do not I do not analyze porn star fees, so no, I don't know either. Anyway,
1: (laughs) okay, so we have more. Are you ready? Uh huh. Um. So God has a message for one of these particular prophets who have uttered lies in His name. All right, it's uh, Shemaiah, and it's hard. It's weird to say. I don't know why I have a really hard time with it. So tell. Shemaiah, the Nehelamite, this is what the Lord, the Almighty, the God of Israel says. You sent letters in your own name to all the people in Jerusalem, to the priest Zephaniah, son of Masaiah, and to all the other priests. You said to Zephaniah, the Lord has appointed you priest in place of Jehoiada to be in charge of the house of the Lord. You should put any maniac who acts like a prophet into the stocks and neck irons. So why have you not reprimanded Jeremiah from Anathoth, who poses as a prophet among you? He has sent this message to us in Babylon. It will be a long time. Therefore, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Zephaniah the priest, however, read the letter to Jeremiah the prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Send this message to all the exiles. This is what the Lord says about Shemaiah, the Nehelamite. Because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, even though I did not send him, and has persuaded you to trust in lies, this is what the Lord says. I will surely punish Shemaiah, the Nehelamite, and his descendants. He will have no one left among his people, nor will he see the good things I will do for my people, declares the Lord, because he has preached rebellion against me. So Shem Shemaiah, shimmy, shimmy. God. he basically was, you know, talking to the guy who's running, the priest who's running the temple and is like, why haven't you arrested and put into stocks this Jeremiah asshole who is saying that it's going to be years and years and years before these people get back to Judah? Like, why haven't you arrested him?
0: Well, I mean, I feel the answer is easy. Whenever he's talking for God, his eyes light up and light comes out of his mouth. Oh, Obviously. I, so. I
1: thought you were going to say light comes out of his butt. It just <laughs> seems more like something you would say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I imagine what it would look like for somebody to be speaking directly for God and like a clear indication that this isn't, this isn't just some fuck that's drunk. And like, I would think that with God's awesome magical powers, he'd be able to snap his fingers and have Jeremiah's like eyes light up and like white protrude from his mouth when he talks. Like that would be a pr- If somebody came up and did that to me, I would be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I need to listen to this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know this, this guy's very extra. <laughs> well,
1: so, so the interesting thing is that in the Bible, God doesn't give he he gives people a lot of shit about not listening to um false prophets Mm -hmm. and only listening to his prophets. Well, the problem is is that the false prophets speak in his name, but he doesn't give the people any criteria for how to determine who is a false prophet and who is a real prophet. There's literally no way for them to know. But -hmm. then they get in trouble. For trying to follow God's prophets, but they have no idea, uh, they have no way of knowing who is and who is not.
0: See, I feel like illuminating your true prophets would definitely take <laughs> any kind of question out yeah. of the deal.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, oh, what, you're, t- you're okay, well, you're prophesizing for God, right? You don't have a spotlight on you, <laughs> nor is light protruding out of your asshole. So, I don't, I think you're talking bullshit.
1: I feel like if God was trying to talk to his people through a person, which it seems really silly that he has to use a person to talk through, seems like he could just talk to them. But if he's gonna use a person to talk through, that he would make it absolutely clear who these people are that he's talking through. Mm -hmm. It just it makes no sense. This makes no sense. And I don't understand how (laughs) I don't understand how religious people, Christians, Jews, And Christians
0: Mm -hmm.
1: don't read this and ask these questions like this book can be inconsistent and not make sense. These stories cannot be true and just be like moral stories. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like stories made up to teach you something.
0: Mainly don't fuck with God.
1: (laughs) Well, I just mean, you know, these these this book could still have value Mm -hmm. if not true. You know what Uh, I mean? Right. There could still be value here for them, but they don't, well, I'm not going to say they don't ask these questions. A lot don't ask questions mainly because when you ask questions, you get in trouble. I get in trouble all the time in school and in Bible studies with my grandma because I asked too many questions. Mm -hmm. Stuff, in here doesn't make sense. And so this is what you're telling me to believe. Can you explain it? I'm, I'm not understanding because this is inconsistent. This doesn't make sense. How would they do this? How would they know? And there were never answers to these questions. I only got in trouble. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that always made me doubtful of anything because they could never answer any questions. And when you did ask questions, you got in trouble for doing so. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a really bad move. I had one time, uh, I was a senior in high school, and the priest who was the principal at my school, because um, I went to Catholic school, so the priest who was the principal at my school, I asked him about the Bible, mm-hmm. and I told him all of these, I, you know, I just gave him some examples of all of these inconsistencies I see and things that don't make sense and I don't understand. This and that. And this is not possible. Like, you know, I would just, I talked to him about the things that I was thinking and I talked to him directly. And this was at a retreat. This was, it's called Kairos. It's a senior, um, retreat that people do. So, um, at my Kairos, I talked to him about this stuff and he said, he's like, you don't have to believe that the Bible is true. This was the only person who ever told me this. He said, you don't have to believe that what's in the Bible is true and actually happen that what ma- what what's important in the bible is the lesson not that these things actually happen so if you could have pastors and preachers that tell people the same thing because to me that was that was kind of a relief that he said that because i was like okay i can get i can get on board with the fact that there are some valuable lessons in here there's some shit in here there's a lot of shit in here but there are some valuable lessons here, not lessons you can't get elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? But you can get them in here, right? Um, so I just feel like you don't. After he said that, I was like, I don't understand now, now why other like religious leaders don't tell their people the same thing.
0: Well, because they, they find that i get i guess they they want their holy book to be historical because that somehow gives it more truth power or something like it's true because it's historical it really happened
1: but i don't know i guess i just see it differently because i don't it's it's not there are some things that you know historical things but that's like any any movie or book or play or anything. That is positioned in a time that in- includes characters or places that actually existed or events that actually happened. It doesn't make that thing true. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: So it doesn't, it, it can have those things in it without being true because it's trying to speak to, it's trying to speak to those people who in that time understand. It's relating, you know, right. it's, tr- it's trying to be relatable. Um, Instead of this, some fantasy world, whatever. It's putting it in what you know. Right. And so to me, it just makes a whole lot more sense if they would teach it as a valuable book of lessons. And it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be true to be valuable. Jesus doesn't have to have existed to be valuable Mm -hmm. to these people and be part of their belief system. Their faith doesn't require their, it's faith. It shouldn't require anything to have actually be true or actually have existed. It's faith. It doesn't fucking matter. You believe it, you believe it. Right? Right. That's what faith is about.
0: Well, incidentally, uh, yesterday on the video that we posted, I make this very same point that, you know, like Jesus doesn't have to be historical for you to believe in Jesus. Right. I mean... Uh, Of course, I I, I have that opinion because it's kind of like, you know, Christians already believe in a magical wizard in the sky that controls their lives. So why does anything have to be historical? (laughs) Like, why does anything have to be like happened, really happened in history when you've got all of this magic? It's a weird combination now that you're bringing it up. I'm thinking about it. It's a weird combination that they have of needing things to be historical, but also magic. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. It really is. And and I don't understand it. Um there are there are some Christians that I know who don't believe in the magic necessarily. Like they they believe in scientific um I don't want to say scientific truths because I know people will jump my shit over it people just, but things <laughs> things that we we know Based on scientific research, you know, they, they, they saying that they accept those things as real, right? Right. Um, and don't subscribe to the things that those co- are contradicted in the Bible. They don't accept those things in the Bible, but they, they take them as stories and mm-hmm. they can accept that there are stories and this isn't God's word, but they still believe in a, a higher power. They still believe in a God. They still believe that, you know, Jesus came to save us. And like, I don't know why and on what basis they believe those things, but they do. And it still has value in their life, whether these stories are all real or not. Right. And so to me, it just makes more sense for religious leaders to accept, accept the things they cannot change. Right. Right. And the wisdom to know the difference between, I mean, they have that prayer, right? And the wisdom to know the difference between the things they can't change, um, that are scientific realities to what's in their book and understand the difference and be able to explain to their par- parishioners. I think they'd have a lot easier time with, especially younger generations now, getting people on board with their religion. If they would just say, these are store stories for value. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these, these, you can learn things from these. They aren't necessarily true in history. And they don't need to be for you to get what you need out of them. And I feel like more people would accept that.
0: Probably. But I mean, of course, you have this great divide going on right now in the Christian community between fundamentalists and I guess some more progressive Christians. Uh huh. And you have some Christians that are kind of in the middle, but you, you have a lot of Christians that that want to push forward with focusing more on the meaning of, of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, the theological meaning. And then there are people that really hit home on the, uh, historical nature of the Bible entirely.
1: Well, and the problem is, is that historical group they're going to lose.
0: Yeah. Cause none of it's historical.
1: They're, they're just, they're going to lose that battle. The, the longer, the, the longer we go in time, the more that we know, right? Like, consensus used to be that Moses and Abraham and all of the early um,
0: patriarchs
1: patriarchs of the God of Abraham all all of them that they existed
0: mm-hmm. that
1: used to be the consensus now that is not the consensus right these the, the consensus is that they didn't actually exist and yet somehow the Christians still abide by well not abide by they still preach the Ten Commandments. Though the consensus is Moses didn't exist. Moses didn't need to exist. Right. And so they've decided these are the 10 most important rules, whether you agree or not. I I definitely don't agree that these are the 10 most important rules. I can take four off the top. But (laughs) (laughs) right off the top. Um, But there's some value in them. There's also shit that's not valuable. But (sighs) the idea that. How this all started up is a way to explain things, religion just in general, ways to explain God's supernatural, ways to explain things. And when people decided we can make things up and get people to follow us and do what we want, if we use fear, if we use manipulation, if we tell them this thing and they're going to burn in hell forever. If they don't do these things, they're going to be scared. So they're we're going to be able to control populations. You know, once people figured out how to manipulate, they did it. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter whether Moses existed or not. I really don't think, and I guess maybe from an atheist perspective, it's one thing. A Christian would likely <laughs> disagree. But if for whatever reason, at some point. The historical consensus was that Jesus did not exist on earth. I still feel like Christians would still exist. right? On mass. There would still be tons of Christians. I think it might affect some, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would affect all. Right. And um, not even anywhere near.
0: Well, I mean, there's still Jews, even though like Abraham and Moses and right. all them didn't exist.
1: Right, Judaism is still definitely a thing, and their patriarchs. The consensus is they didn't exist.
0: Well, see, the the crazy thing is to me is that like people uh, people constantly cite how you know the experts in this field don't even question whether or not Jesus was historical. Uh, but I mean, they forget that the people that they're citing are Christians who are bound by their faith to believe in a historical Jesus.
1: Well, sure, but I just, I mean, we can pull, we can step back totally from just Jesus historicity or not, just biblical historicity Mm -hmm. or not, like whether or not any of these things are true. (laughs) From my perspective, it really doesn't matter if this, if this is how you want to, if this is what you want to abide your life by, and this is what you want to believe in and it is valuable to you, it brings you peace, it brings you understanding, um, it brings you a structure within which you can happily live, fine. My my biggest problem with religion is not in any individual person believing whatever the fuck they want to believe. I don't really care. Right. My problem with religion is that people use it to harm other people. So if you have personal faith, have at it. Have whatever fucking personal faith you want. But when you force those, your structure and your system on other people, including your children, I have that's when I have a problem with it, because I think that this particular belief structure can be, if used in whole, incredibly damaging. Now, it cannot be also if you cherry pick the best parts and leave out the worst parts. Right. You know, if you're fine with treat your neighbor as yourself and Turn the other cheek and all this so that you know feed the poor. If you're if you're fine with all of those things, but you leave aside the hate the gays, I mean that's fine. <laughs> but also you're picking and choosing, which means you're not really following this, right? So, anyway,
0: yeah, I don't know how we got off on this, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> no either. Anyway, so God tells we're we're gonna we're actually getting ready to start. We finished uh, Jeremiah twenty nine, so we're gonna start Jeremiah twenty seven. Um, early in the reign of Zedekiah, king of, uh, sorry, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord said to me. Make a yoke out of straps and crossbars and put it on your neck. Then send word to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Sidon through the envoys who have come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah. Give them a message for their masters and say, this is what the Lord, the Almighty, the God of Israel says. Tell this to your masters." With my great power and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it, and I give it to anyone I please. Now I will give all your countries into the hands of my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I will make even the wild animals subject to him. All nations will serve him and his son and his grandson until the time for his land comes. Then many nations and great kings will subjugate him. So he's giving all of the nations into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, Until he's ready to change up things, and then he'll give Nebuchadnezzar—well, not Nebuchadnezzar, but his descendants—into their hands.
0: I I feel like he's just toying with them. It's like a, of course
1: he is. He's playing chess with his little pieces. It's
0: it's like a, it's like a shithead in heaven playing with the ants in a magnifying glass. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna let him think everything's fine, and then I'm gonna smash him with my thumb. (laughs)
1: Well, and he said he was going to do this before. You know, we've already kind of, we've already touched on this. He, because Jeremiah was upset because he's like, why are you letting these bad people subjugate your people? Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't worry about it. The bad people will do it for now, but then we'll fuck them all up later. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, he, this is, this is along those same lines. If, however, any nation or kingdom will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, or bow, his, bow its neck under his yoke, I will punish that nation with a sword, famine, and plague, declares the Lord, until I destroy it by his hand. Which I always thought was weird. You know, he has to talk through people. He has to destroy things through people, right? Mm-hmm. He can't just wave his hand and destroy, like, Ammon if they fuck up, right? Yeah, I mean, a his, couple
0: a couple studies ago, he, you know, used Predator drones to destroy fucks, so.
1: <laughs> he did not. That's a you thing. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: my my things are just always more interesting that's all
1: they are they are more interesting you're not wrong so do not listen to your prophets your diviners your interpreters of dreams your mediums or your sorcerers who tell you you will not serve the king of babylon they prophecy lies to you that will only serve to remove you far from your lands i will banish you and you will perish but if any nation will bow its neck under the yoke of the king of babylon and serve him I will let that nation remain in its own land to till it and live there," declares the Lord. So he gives this prophecy to all of those nations, right? Mm -hmm. He also gives the same one to Judah. So I'm gonna it's it's almost the same, but I'm gonna run through it real quick just so we can say we did. Okay. I gave the same message to Zedekiah, king of Judah. I said, "Bow your neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon. Serve him and his people, and you will live." Why will you and your people die by the sword, famine, and plague with which the Lord has threatened any nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who say to you, you will not serve the king of Babylon, for they are prophesying lies to you. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. They are prophesying lies in my name. Therefore, I will banish you and you will perish, both you and the prophets who prophesy to you. So same message to, to Judah, his people, yeah. right? But the bad figs, right? Because the good figs are already gone. So the bad figs that are left, mm-hmm. they're going to get fucked up if they don't bow to the king of Babylon. Yeah. But to be fair, that shouldn't be too difficult because Zedekiah is a puppet king.
0: Right. He was I mean, appointed
1: he, by, by Nebuchadnezzar.
0: Right. I mean, he's he's already got to do what Nebi wants. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be any kind of big thing for Lord Zed to get up there and be like, everybody bow down to Nebi now. <laughs> or else you're going to get put in the gift suit.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, okay, it continues. Then I said to the priests and all the p- these people, this is what the Lord says. Do not listen to the prophets who say, very soon, now the articles from the Lord Lord's house will be brought back from Babylon. They are prophesying lies to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and you will live. Why should this city become a ruin? If they are prophets and have the word of the Lord, let them plead with the Lord Almighty that the articles remaining in the house of the Lord and in the palace of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem not be taken to Babylon. For this is what the Lord the Almighty says about the pillars, the bronze sea, the movable stands, and the other articles that are left in the city, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, did not take away when he carried Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, along with all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. This is the runnest on sentence ever. It's still going. Yes. (laughs) This is what the Lord, the Almighty, the God of Israel says about the things that are left in the house of the Lord and in the place of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They will be taken to Babylon and there they will remain until the day I come for them, declares the Lord. Finally a period. (laughs) (laughs) Then I will bring them back and restore them to this place. So they're, they're taught at this point, they're talking about the things that were taken from the temple. There were some things that were taken from the temple, right? Mm-hmm. And taken by Nebuchadnezzar.
0: The dildos. Yep.
1: <laughs> and there were other things that are left. Okay. So right. those, the articles is what they're talking about right now. Now there's another prophet in Judah named Hananiah.
0: Yep. Hananiah.
1: And in Jeremiah 28, Hananiah is going to contradict Jeremiah
0: oh shit so
1: in the fifth month of that same year the fourth year early in the reign of zedekiah king of judah the prophet henaniah son of azer who was from gibeon said to me in the house of the lord in the presence of the priests and all the people this is what the lord the almighty god of israel says i will break the yoke of the king of babylon now this is henaniah talking right now okay I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, removed from here and took to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the other exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. So this is completely different from what Jeremiah had already prophesied cuz remember Jeremiah prophesied about the exiles you'll be there for 70 years obviously Jehoiachin is not going to come back um and everybody is going to bow to the king of or to the king of Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar H- H- Hananiah is like no they're all going to be back in 2 years along with all the shit in the temple
0: yeah i feel like Hananiah is kind <laughs> of like Fox News and, uh, the dipshits now that are saying Trump's going to be returned at, at the end of April. Okay. Because, you know, they're all claiming to be like very prophetic and be getting information from God.
1: Yeah. In the know.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, they're saying all of these things are going to happen radically and fast and all this other stuff. And just like handy Maya. Hananiah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> So here's Jeremiah's response to Hananiah, because he said this, Hananiah said this to Jeremiah in the temple with all these people. around. Okay. Then the prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah before the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. He said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing back the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague among many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord if only his prediction comes true. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke off of the neck of prophet Jeremiah and broke it. He said before the people, This is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, off the neck of all the nations within two years. At this, the prophet Jeremiah went on his way. So God told Jeremiah to put this yoke on his neck. Mm -hmm. And Hananiah took it off and broke it. So he's about to get fucked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd say Mm -hmm. so.
1: Yeah. So, and and, you know, Jeremiah is like super calm here. Mm-hmm. he's just like all right bitch bye and leaves <laughs> he's like i don't want to be anywhere near you because there's about to be some lightning or some shit happening like i don't know if there's going to be a fucking sarlacc pit open up and everything's getting sucked. In. i'm just gonna go it
0: wouldn't be the first time god not, used a sarlacc pit it
1: would not be the first time <laughs> so after the prophet hananiah had broken the yoke off of the neck of the prophet jeremiah the word of the lord came to jeremiah Go and tell Hananiah, this is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but in its place, you will get a yoke of iron. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. I will put an iron yoke on the necks of all these nations to make them serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they will serve him. And I will give him control over the wild animals. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you. Yet you have persuaded this nation to trust in lies. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to remove you from the face of the earth. This very year you are going to die because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. In the seventh month of that same year, Hananiah the prophet died. So it was just like three months later, right? Because I yeah. think we started off in the fourth month.
0: It's, that's a pretty quick turnaround for God. It's like, hey, handy Maya, want we'll to see how fast I can be, motherfucker.
1: Hananiah.
0: I mean, whatever. <laughs> anyway,
1: Hananiah was killed or he died.
0: Because fuck Handy Maya. Well, Hananiah. He, was, he
1: was a false prophet and he was getting people to believe that he was the real deal and he wasn't. Yeah, and so he broke him. that fucking thing off of Jeremiah's neck that God told him to put there. Yeah. So he got fucked up. Anyway, that's all that we're going to go over for today's Bible lesson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time, uh, we're gonna have some attack ag- attacks against the prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. We are. Um. We're gonna talk about dreams and how they're delusions. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about false oracles. It's not very long next time, so those are the things that we're gonna talk about: prophecies, false oracles, delusions, things like that. Maybe they'll give us some criteria. For how to determine what is real and what is not. I doubt it. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I, I we? sincerely
0: doubt. I don't think that God <laughs> ever really gives a good criteria for his prophets. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that God should really take up my suggestion I of, agree. of having glowing eyes and a glowing mouth. Whenever he speaks. Oh, also you got to get that really deep voice going, like lower that pitch by about fifty decibels or something like that. So he's mm-hmm. just like really, really deep voice. Mm-hmm. There you go. So
1: I'm not sure. Maybe God has already kind of done that a little bit. Um, who's the guy who blew away COVID? Um, I c- uh, Ken.
0: Uh, Co-
1: Copeland. Copeland. Ken Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. I mean, his eyes are kind of glowy. They're like demony glowy, but they're kind of glowy uh, in a freaky deaky kind of. I really want you to get away from me, way.
0: Well, I feel like his eyes glow kind of like a cat's eyes glow,
1: <laughs> kind of demony. <laughs> I
0: guess, I guess so. <laughs> if you want to consider cats to be demons, I, I just I feel like he's got a very cat eye kind of look. But ma- yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. But anyways, uh, so if you guys want to know about the criteria for determining god's prophets then i guess you'll have to tune in next week um if you will though uh for right now go down there smash that like button subscribe if you like this kind of bible study and as always
1: don't forget to stand up and use your voice
0: bye heathens
1: bye y'all